This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sikar on FM 94.1 The Voice. You know, when I'm tempted, the comforter shows me the exit signs because in every temptation he gives me a way out. When I'm down and depressed, the comforter reminds me that my father is a gentle shepherd. And even when he walks me through the valleys or the shadow of death, maybe there's where you are, his rod and his staff comfort me. You see, prophets of old, they saw the empty tomb, even in the Old Testament. And that's what gave them joy to be able to hold fast and wait. Abraham saw it. David saw it. I don't know if Solomon saw it. And I wonder if that's why he's asked questions. Is there any comfort in this world? Or are we just going to keep coming to dead ends and dead ends and dead ends? And I want you and me to know that because there's an empty tomb, there is no dead end for us. But life really begins once we breathe our last year on this earth. And while we're here on this earth, because of the empty tomb, we have the comforter. You know, some of you, you wonder if you have the Holy Spirit. Because there's a lot of confusion on the theology of the Holy Spirit. You wonder, man, do I have it? Do I not have it? This is not like catching a cold or coronavirus. Oh no, you sneezed on me, I'm going to get it now. <laughs> doesn't work that way. Right now, wherever you're sitting, I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you and will fill you. You see, the Bible tells me in the book of Ephesians that everyone who puts their faith in Jesus, the only reason they're able to do that is because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And if you are feeling a nudging in your spirit even right now to give your life to Christ because you've seen that empty tomb so well, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The question is not about, do you have all of the Holy Spirit? The question is, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Child of God, please listen to me. Maybe you were living under a pretend Christianity and God has walked you through the valley of the shadow of death to shake away the churchianity of the world and to bring you into an intimate relationship with him, breaking all society norms, breaking all religious norms and for you just to be with him, for you to get a glimpse into that empty tomb, to know that justice was paid for, mercy is accessible and now the comforter is indwelling every believer. This is so crazy. I was praying for this this morning. I said, God, I don't have oil to anoint people with. I don't have hands to be able to lay in on them and pray. And God said, you fool. I don't need a preacher for revival. I don't need a worship band for revival. I don't need a building for revival. I'm God. You open the word, you preach, and I'll bring revival. And I believe that God wants to bring revival in your home right now. As you look into that empty tomb and know that in this world of discomfort, God has promises the comforter the paracletos, the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who's God himself, who will reveal all things to you, who will glorify Jesus. Have you been to that empty tomb? Have you seen the risen Savior? Have you given your life to him? Let's go back. Let's go back to the women in Matthew chapter 28. They're there in the, in the, in the beautiful tomb and Junior is talking to them and Junior says, and behold, go quickly now. This is Matthew 28 verse 7 go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold he's going before you to Galilee there you will see him see I have told you and so what do they do they departed quickly from the tomb and this is interesting folks they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy what in the world is that with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples I don't think these women ran every day for fun oh I like my Nikes I'm gonna go for a run I don't think they did that. But they ran because like, I can't wait to go tell the disciples that Jesus is risen just as he said. But, but look at this. It says they were full of, uh, they, they left the tomb with fear and great joy. Truthfully, I spent quite a few hours 
trying to figure out fear and great joy. And I've come to this conclusion. I can explain this to you, but I will have to use words that are not very church friendly. So I'm not going to explain it to you, especially on Resurrection Sunday. People might not like that. But just take it with a grain of salt. This is a crazy emotion they're feeling. Fear, reverence, and great joy. It's insane. Okay, we'll move on from that. Verse 9, and behold, Jesus met them. What in the world? So these little girls, man, fear and great joy, un explainable emotions they're running from the tomb to tell the disciples and what happens ta-da jesus himself the the messiah that they thought was going to be dead lying in a tomb he shows up this is fantastic right how cool is that it makes me sit on the edge of my seat and wonder what is jesus going to tell them and what does he say greetings it's kind of like and then junior showed up rolled the stones away roman soldiers are falling down women are weeping and he's like look at it he's no longer dead he's risen and then they're like go and tell jesus go to all the disciples that jesus is risen and jesus shows up and he's like hi <laughs> what in the world okay i want to unpack this just real quick okay the word is kairos and yes it does mean greetings or even worse hail some of you translating were saying jesus showed up and said hail can you imagine that all these crazy things happening and jesus is like hey hail <laughs> weird right okay i really think the word over there is rejoice greatly you see the reason why i'm making fun of this is because i think oftentimes we miss how the empty tomb is supposed to permeate every area of your life jesus meets them in a place where they're like will there ever be any joy will there any be any comfort after all the trauma we've been to is there any comfort there's not only jesus showing them that the oppressors of your life they're not greater than the power of Jesus. And he's not only showing them that there's comfort in the empty tomb, he shows up himself and he says, rejoice greatly. Kairos, that's what it means, rejoice greatly. In fact, in my Bible, I had to write rejoice greatly. Now, isn't that a great greeting? When Jesus shows up and they're all tearing up and they're frightened and joy and he says, hey, rejoice greatly. I wonder which you know, area of your life Jesus needs to enter in and say, shake you up and say there's no power in hell that's greater than the power that i have within me that i'm giving you rejoice greatly oh what a beautiful what a beautiful truth that is rejoice greatly then jesus said to them do not be afraid actually before that they came and they took a hold of his feet and worshiped him talk about comfort man talk about comfort some of you need to learn to find comfort at the feet of jesus not comfort in a bottle of beer not comfort with smoking stuff not comfort in popping pills not comfort in sleeping around pornography comfort in money comfort in friends comfort in cars you need to learn to find comfort at the feet of jesus because i'm telling you there's comfort only in the empty tomb solomon had it all and he wonders is there comfort in this world because i see injustice i see the oppressors there's no one to wipe their tears but jesus is there it says he bottles up your tears he knows the times you cry he's near the brokenhearted jesus shows up and says rejoice greatly why because there's an empty tomb and i've sent you the comfort of the holy spirit within you man i'm with you always even at the ends of the age grab his feet worship what comfort man they thought they were going to come and apply spices on his dead body but here they're holding his living glorious feet and worshiping him and then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there I will see them. Solomon, because we're getting a little excited, I got to bring the little downer and balance it out, right? Solomon, he says, so I saw there's nothing better than man should rejoice in his work for that is his lot, that's his, his fate. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Well, I know someone who can help us see what happens after we die that's Jesus Christ you see some of us we think that maybe the hope is in reincarnation maybe a hope is an annihilation maybe a hope is in a rebirth 
But Jesus says, no, hope is only an eternal life with Jesus. Hope happens when you're born again, when you've been to the cross, recognized that your Savior has justified you completely, taken away your sin, look at the empty tomb, receive his mercy. And by giving your life to Christ, you're filled with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And you've got to walk in the Spirit, the Bible says. And you watch Jesus meeting you in areas where you're down in the dumps and saying, Rejoice greatly, I am with you. Peter, I love how you see this a lot in his life. Peter was a great guy, very honest guy, very transparent guy. He goes through ups and downs in his life. Yes, he gets up in the day of Pentecost and he preaches and 3,000 people are saved. And then Paul comes later on and rebukes him and, and confronts him. We go through ups and downs in our lives. But Jesus has promised us that he will bring comfort in every area of our life. And Peter, even in his death, he has the audacity to say, don't kill me like my Lord, but crucify me upside down. Because he was going to be crucified. Church history tells us that they were going to crucify him and kill him. And he has the calmness and the composure and the comfort of saying, you're going to kill me? My life doesn't end when I breathe my last. In fact, that's when my life really begins. In fact, D.L. Moody, if I remember right, he says, one day you're going to read in the papers that D.L. Moody is dead. He said, don't believe them for one second because that's when I've been more alive than I've ever been. I want to come to our last question that Solomon asks. He says, does my life have worth? Does my life have any worth in this world? Am I worth anything at all? And folks, these questions, please don't just brush over them. I'm not here to preach just another Resurrection Sunday message. If this is the last message I get to preach, I really hope that you know, I've given it my all. Because these are questions that I wrestle with. These are questions I continue to wrestle with. And these are questions that when I wrestle with, I see the empty tomb being such a beautiful reason for us to rejoice, not just once a year, but every single area of our life. We've got to pray and thank God that there's an empty tomb that's greater than my problems. And Solomon asks this question, does my life have worth? And you know my answer to this. When I look at the empty tomb of Jesus, yes, your life has worth because of the empty tomb. You see, if there was no empty tomb, please listen to me now. If there was no empty tomb, I would agree with Solomon. And I would say, you know what? We're no better off than animals. But there is an empty tomb. There is an empty tomb. In fact, in this season that we go through, I would love for this to become a part of our language. As you're worried about something, always follow up with, God, I'm worried about this, but thank you that there's an empty tomb. Because you, your power that raised you from the dead, lives in me, and it's greater than this problem. There is an empty tomb. God, I feel worthless, but thank you that there's an empty tomb. Thank you that you died for me. Let's look at scripture. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 18. I said in my heart, with regard to the children of man, that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. They're just animals. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is vanity. All go to one place, all are from the dust, and to dust all return. Who knows what the spirit of man goes upward or the spirit of the beast goes down to the earth? Wow, do you hear his, his, his desperate depression? With, it's, all, it's all a waste, man. Sure, I have thousands of horses, I have chariots, I have wives, I have money, I have vineyards, I have gardens, I have servants, I have money, I'm, I'm one of the greatest kings. But I'm just going to die like my horse dies. And so what, I have opposable thumbs, but they're going to you know, disintegrate like a, the paw or a hoof of an animal. What was the point in all of this? Isn't it interesting that Solomon, he actually got to experience a lot that you and I never got to experience. 
and neither did his dad David see David really wanted to build the temple to worship God he was a man after God's own heart his father David but God says you're not going to build the temple but your son will Solomon builds a temple it's a beautiful temple and the day they're dedicating it it says the power of God was so powerful that the priests could not perform their duties can you imagine the place being so powerful with the presence of God that the priests are like dude like the Holy Spirit is just like getting in the way it's wrecking me man I can't do this Solomon got to experience that but sadly he doesn't see what you and I see the empty tomb he doesn't see the empty tomb because you see when you see the empty tomb you see that yes God breathed in us when he created us the breath of life right God made us with his hands and then he breathed into Adam the breath of life but what happens after that Adam sins brings sin into the world and what comes with sin death so yes God breathed breath into our life but then comes death and we like animals yeah we're dust to dust ashes to ashes we go to the ground and as sin came from Adam what does the Bible say man grace and truth came from Jesus Christ Jesus came and he did away with the sin he did away with the curse of sin he did away with the wages of sin if only Solomon could see the empty tomb he will see that yes there is purpose in life because we're not just going to the ground and that is it life really begins after we breathe our last the Bible says to be absent the body is to be present with the Lord it's interesting a lot of these verses in Ecclesiastes 3 is actually a parallel to Genesis chapter 3 he says we are like beasts because why we listen to a beast we listen to the serpent and now we're just like animals now we're, we're unjust we, we don't have a good moral compass within us anymore but Jesus came and he broke the curse there's an empty tomb and now because there's an empty tomb because Jesus has overcome sin 1 Corinthians 6.14 rings true it says now God has not only raised the Lord but will also raise us up through his power Jesus was not only raised from the dead but he's going to raise you and me through the same power that raised Jesus from the dead your life does have purpose your life does have meaning not only in this earth but even unto eternity I was sharing this with my friend this week that you are uniquely and wonderfully made you might have heard that before but this is what it means there's no one like you in the whole world there's no one like you with your unique gifting there's no one like you that thinks and reasons like you God has made you you not for you just to live on this earth like an animal not for you just to bear the weight of your own sin not for you to live in isolation away from God he put you on this earth and even though we sin he sent his only begotten son Jesus Christ to take your place of sin so that you can be justified opens up that beautiful empty tomb for you to find the mercy of God that's all the time we have for today but we would like to hear from you our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle Idaho 83616 you can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 